So how did we start this podcast last time? I don't know. It's been too long. So. <laughs> it's been like two weeks now, right? Yeah. I was um, away on travel visiting my family in New England, so that's why our first episode wasn't followed by one the week after, but I think we're going to start getting into a weekly format, right? Yeah, because we have lots to talk about, and um, having more episodes means we can talk about more things and also make better episodes that are more concise and more appropriate and, you know, stuff. Yeah, and I think we're excited about being able to have shorter, concise episodes where we talk about one topic as opposed to, like, trying to cram a bunch of random topics into one episode. Okay, I, I'm, you don't have to air this right now. I know I wrote a bad outline. <sighs> anyway, um, today <laughs> on All Out Brawl, I'm Sam, that's Chris, um, we're talking about, we're, we're going to talk about a little quick moment here at the top. We're going to talk about Brawl. Um, which if you follow the Brawl format, you know what that means, but we're going to get into it. And then we're going to jump into some Dominaria Brawl Changers. So cards from Dominaria that are going to change the game, um, as it were, and kind of give us some new things and some things that we might need going forward for the Brawl format. Okay, Okay, so Magic the Gathering Online, which is Wizards' old online interface for playing Magic, uh, recently did some leagues, I think, on um, 1v1 Brawl Leagues. Yeah. And it was, I don't remember the exact percentages, but the two decks that were the front runners of the format were Brawl, Brawl. It's really, they sound similar, so it's kind of yes. hard. But he is the yeah. chief of compliance. He makes instants and sorceries cost one generic less. And whenever you counter a spell, you can loot. Yes. And yeah. he. He was already banned as a 1v1 commander in 100 card, like, commander decks. So you can kind of go into the format wondering how is Baral going to shape this format. And it turns out he's really freaking good. And yeah. from experience, yeah. so I've built two decks on MTGO. I've streamed a little bit of the format, and I've played quite a few matches, probably like 20 to 30 on MTGO with a Neheb Minotaur tribal deck, the black-red um, Minotaur, and I've made a blue-green Tishana Merfolk deck, and one of the first matches I played on MTGO was against um, Baral, and it was essentially, once we got to around turn three after he cast Baral, everything I cast got countered, and that was the rest of the game. Like, there was one point where he was low on cards, and I could start kind of rebuilding, but then he got to River's Rebuke, bounced all my stuff, drew cards, started countering my stuff again, and it was just not a fun game of magic to play brawl or otherwise yeah um and it sounds like that's a pretty common experience and then i ended up so the other um brawler that kind of warped the format not as much as brawl but still pretty strong was galta who is yeah. the twelve twelve elder dinosaur that costs 12 but costs one generic less for each power you have in the battlefield and it's like it fits really well into a green ramp deck where you have mana dorks whose power reduces the cost, and who can also tap to cast it. So you're getting out a 12-12 Trampler on turn, like, four or three in some decks. Right. So it's really um, strong. Yeah. And, of course, recently they just... I don't think it's in our list, but they also just reprinted Land of War Elves, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...even more busted for that deck. So, yeah. So um, that that's kind of the basis of those problems right now. It's the MTGO um, 1v1 format that's... You know, that it's kind of the first introduction that Brawl is having um, at large. Uh, and so those are the problems we're seeing is we're seeing some format warping uh, brawlers, namely Brawl and uh, Galta, 
that are kind of clogging up all of the leaderboards for the leagues that are going on right now. Um, so I figure we just we address that mostly because it's a big thing in the brawl community right now. Um, but let's talk about some potential fixes for things, ways that we could maybe you know try to solve this problem. Well, um, yeah, I think the big thing is if you consider brawl in a casual sense, it's at the heart of it a multiplayer format. So right. these one v one problems aren't going to be facing playgroups playing three player or four player brawl. So yeah. like people will think. Like, Brawl, let's look at the decks that are doing well. They'll see these Magic Online leagues. They'll see Brawl um, winning over 50%, was it, of the matches? Yeah, something yeah. stupid. It's not and be good. like, oh, maybe I don't want to play this format if all I'm going to see are Brawl decks. But it's not the case in multiplayer where you have three players who could deal with the Brawl player. Well, yeah. And on top of that, too... Um... There's not, like, in my personal experience, I haven't played against a single Baral or Galta deck in real life. Like, yeah. people aren't building those decks in paper because they're just, like... I, I feel like online it's a lot easier to kind of do, like, the net decky kind of thing where you just pull together, you know, all of those staples that you need, like all those counter spells or all the mana dorks. Um, whereas in real life, I don't know. Maybe it's because I play with a lot more commander-focused people, but we're not trying to, you know... We're not trying to make deck. the yeah. best deck that's going to win every game. We're making decks we want to play because they're fun. Right. Um, but so, yeah, so let's let's talk about some other potential fixes. So maybe, you know, if we want to keep the 1v1 focus with MTGO and make sure that that works well. Um, one of the ones that people have talked about is a ban list. Um, so obviously right now it uses the standard ban list. Um, and it's a point of contention, um, mostly because, you know, there are some... like. As you pointed out, Baral is banned in 1v1 Commander, so it makes sense that he should probably be banned in 1v1 Brawl as well, because that's the same thing, pretty much. Um, and it turns so. out there are a lot of counterspells in Standard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so something like that. Maybe maybe even a 1v1-specific ban list, like we have for Commander, um, where we have the two separate ban lists. Um, but, I mean, in general, you're right. The The nice thing is that, in general, I think Baral... Or, sorry... Brawl, not with a W, is or sorry, with a W, <laughs> <laughs> without uh, the extra A. <laughs> yes, but I, I think in general, it's best to say that it should be a multiplayer format, um, and we're gonna see issues with the one v one if it just like in the same way that Commander saw issues with one v one when people started playing one v one Commander. Like, that's just the same thing. And so they've made a new ban list, and so that might be the best way to do it. The other one, though, that I did write down here is um, rotation. Um, so obviously, this doesn't necessarily apply as much to Galta, but this fall, Baral decks won't be a problem anymore because you can't run Baral anymore. So mm-hmm. I, I think there is that nice, like, kind of standard-esque fix where since things are going to rotate out after a certain amount of time it might just be more of a temporary problem. And like, yeah, it kind of sucks at the moment, but hopefully we can move past it once we get to that point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But that's just a quick opener there. Um, So let's get into the real meat of this episode. We're going to talk about Dominaria Brawl Changers. Um, We're not going to call it a set review because that's not what it is. We're not going to go through each card. We're going to specifically talk about the new things in the set, like card types, that type of thing and how they're going to impact brawl and then we're going to talk about some very specific cards for each color um but we're not going to go piece by piece because there are lots of podcasts that do that and 
you know, we also want to talk about other things that are more brawl related rather than, you know, kind of just do the same thing everyone else is doing. So one of the biggest new mechanics in uh, Dominaria are the Saga card type. They're yeah. an enchantment. They're uh, essentially an enchantment with three triggered abilities that happen each turn. Yes. Do you want to go through the like basic rules of a Saga? Yeah, so um, so they're kind of like a like a really restricted planeswalker in a sense. So you, it's an enchantment um, with the card type saga. It's a subtype, um, and when it comes into play, you put a lore counter on it. It'll trigger the first chapter, is what they called them. Um, but so essentially, the first ability, and then each turn after you draw a card, you or for your draw step, you put another lore counter on it. And as a note, that's a state-based action. It's not something that you can affect with something like doubling season. Um, so not that it really matters for Brawl, because obviously we don't have doubling season, but it is um, important just to note because um, that's just how the timing works out. So each turn, you'll put another lore counter on it and trigger whichever ability is related to the number of lore counters. In a tiny rule thing, you... Um, apply the lore counter after you draw. So you do have the tiny bit of information from the card you draw. And some of these second chapters have like options. So yeah. you'll have the information to make that choice. Right. And um, the last thing is, I guess, so for right now, there's only 14 sagas um, and they all have three chapters. Sometimes they share a chapter between two um, two. Uh, chapters sometimes they do the same thing for two turns but uh in general for specifically they only have three right now so um i picked three out that i think are the biggest ones that are going to impact brawl but before we talk about those um chris do you think that these are going to be a really big impact on the format like you know i i mean there's not a great comparison i guess at the moment like planeswalkers i guess was the last like big like actual card type that got introduced um but these obviously aren't nowhere near as good as planeswalkers i'd say but like do you think that they're going to be good for multiplayer formats i think some of them will be specifically pretty good for multiplayer formats uh and i think they're they are going to be good so there isn't much artifact enchantment hate in standard or in the brawl format there's a few choice cards but people aren't going to be running much of it in a 60 card deck in a 100 card deck it's nice it's easy to slot in like three or four maybe even more um enchantment artifact hate cards because you know a lot of the broken stuff people do in commander are based on those card types but you're gonna these sagas are probably gonna stick around and get to their final chapter which is normally like the planeswalker ultimate in some cases where you're if you get to that chapter three you're doing the best thing that saga does so i i think you might play it and get a target on yourself if that last chapter is good but otherwise you're generally just getting value like you play it the first turn you're sinking the mana into an ability that's happening that turn but then the next turn you get a free something after you draw and i think that's where the power lies you're getting something for free on a turn where you can also do other stuff that's true okay yeah see i'm I'm a little skeptical mostly because um especially i mean this isn't commander like you're saying um we don't have any kind of like recurrable enchantment removal so luckily that's not going to be too big a problem, but I do think that some of these sagas are just so powerful let's, that let's they'll get targeted. I want to say but one yeah. thing there: yeah. when you have a command, well, when you have a brawl like Moldrotha, and you, then you can play th- like the Brontotan oh. that sacks. There is yeah. a tiny bit, but it's really niche, so you don't have to yeah, worry about right. it too much. Well, and 
also considering Muldrotha. So I don't know if I mentioned this, but after you do the third chapter of each of these sagas, you sacrifice it. So Muldrotha can also replay these. It's stupid. We're going to get to it. But um, (laughs) Muldrotha is just stupid all around, but in a a strong way. Yeah, but so my my big concern here is that I think that in a multiplayer format, um, these happen slower than they do in a 1v1 format. And also, I think it just telegraphs too well like so let, let's talk about one of these so i picked three of them like i was saying let's talk about the second one here and then we'll work back and then forward um but mostly because the second one is the eldest reborn which is a four and a black uh enchantment saga it's uncommon and it has first chapter is each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker second chapter is each opponent discards a card and third chapter is put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control um, the reason I am bringing this one up right now is that the edict effect is great, obviously. So you're getting a lot of value, I think, out of it just playing it like mm-hmm. you're like that, just playing it for four, for five mana. Um, but the thing is, I think that last ability can be so powerful that I think it puts a really big target on your head, and also you have three people to deal with in a multiplayer format. Like it's not like limited, where if what if your single opponent doesn't have an answer, then you're just going to get it. In this case, you're going to have two additional people that are looking at you saying, I don't want you to be able to recur anything from a graveyard. So, like, I, I'm i going to prioritize hitting you now. Um, or at least, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like in multiplayer, I don't know if they're going to have as big a splash as they have had in, like, limited and such. But I think they're still cool. And I think they're interesting. And so. I think to counter that point, you have enchantments in Commander like... Uh... Darn it, it's, I'm blanking on it right now, but it's the red enchantment that says when a creature enters the battlefield, it deals damage. Oh, yeah. Uh, shoot. Well, there's two, but yeah, yeah but I, I know what you're Essentially, you have these enchantments you play. They're going to have a good effect, but they never do anything the turn you play them. Right. These That's enchantments, you play them, something happens for playing it, so you're essentially casting a spell that does something. And then right. you just, like you're saying, <clears throat> you're going to have a target on your back. They're probably going to want to remove this enchantment before it gets to that last chapter or i guess uh, i guess a way to remove the enchantment is then to kill the player that played it so exactly that that's the one concern that's the concern that i have is that the easiest way to get rid of someone if you have a time if you have like a bomb sitting on the board just ticking down is that you can kill them yeah um if you don't have the enchantment removal you have the player removal (laughs) right um but yeah so let's let's talk about these other two real quick um you can go ahead and pick whichever one you want to talk about and then i'll i'll follow it up with the last one so i think one of the ones we put here is follow the thran it is a five generic one white mana enchantment saga it's a rare it's first chapter so the turn you as soon as you play it it destroys all lands so it's the i'm pretty sure the only mass land wipe in standard right yeah, no, definitely. I, I don't think there's anything else that destroys more than one land. And then it gets really interesting with its um, second and third chapters, which are the same ability. And it reads, each player returns two land cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. So if you're running this white card, it's one white, so it's really easy to splash in a deck, potentially. If you're playing a commander that's maybe like two colors, but you're maining one color, it's really easy to slot in there. If you have somehow have graveyard removal as well like i know yeah. there's a sentinel sentinel totem from um yep. 
Ixalan, and there's other effects that say exile target players or all players graveyards. With this type of card, it's a nice little combo right there where you, you destroy all lands, you exile all opponents' graveyards, and then you start getting lands back, but they don't. So, Yeah, the, the one thing I would say... Um... The only concern, obviously, is going to be that I think there's only like one or two ways of removing opponents' graveyards only. Okay. Um, I think there are a couple that exile all, like Scavenger Grounds and um, <coughs> Sentinel Totem, like you were saying. Um, but I think the only ways to get rid of just opponents' graveyards are going to be Frexian Scriptures, which is another um, another saga that I didn't put on here, but we'll, we'll get to in a minute. Um, or I think, and I'm just checking right now... Uh, no, unfortunately, yeah, it looks like everything else, because I was thinking maybe Silent Gravestone, but it looks like everything else is all graveyards. So if you have a strong mono-white or white-plus-something deck that has like a really good board presence, this might be worth running if you're exiling graveyards, because you can neuter your opponent's way ab- abilities to counter anything or really do anything, and you can just win. And it um, works well... But- it, it fits into a lot of good strategies. Like you have a Zeltalpa strategy where you have Indestructible Brawler, then you have Board Wipes, and then you destroy all lands following a Board Wipe. People can't rebuild their creatures, and you have this huge flyer that you can kill everybody with. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, that's... Yeah. I, I think the main part that I just want to... Like, it's mass land destruction. It's the yeah. only one we have in standard, so it's... So, it's yeah. good for that reason. You want to talk yeah. about the next one? Sure. So the other saga I wanted to point out was uh, Song of Freilis, which is one in a green for an enchantment saga. It's uncommon. Um, and it has the same first and second chapter, which is until your next turn, creatures you control gain tap at one mana of any color. So um, it's essentially yep. a Cryptolith, right? Right. Yep. And then the third uh, third chapter is put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance, trample, and indestructible until end of turn. So... Um, the main reason I put this on here is it fills two of the basic things that I think most Sprawl decks are looking for. Um, the ability to ramp and also color fix, and then also an overrun effect. So, like, for example, I have a mono green deck, and I try to run as many overrun effects as possible because that's pretty much green's win condition in a multiplayer format is, you know, swarm everyone with your big creatures. Um, but I was, I think I, the reason I put it here is because I think that any deck that's running green will want that first ability. And the second, like the second thing where you get the plus almost one counters and all the keywords is just gravy after that, because Mm -hmm. really like the ability to color fix in green, but also, you know, with any brawler that has green as part of its color identity um, is, is pretty invaluable, I think, especially in this format. So, um, and, and yeah, again, like kind of going back to the idea of like the multiplayer thing with this, it's a two drop that essentially says, all of your creatures become mana rocks until next turn. Um, and even if someone blows it up or something, they still all have it because it says specifically until your next turn. So I it's still I feel like it's still really good for two mana, even if you don't really end up getting to that last bit. Um, I like it. But yeah, so those are sagas. Um, well, like I said, we're going to cover some more of them later when we get into specific colors. But um, I just wanted to pull up those three because I think they're good examples of the different ways that sagas work. Um, and also three probably of the most powerful for Brawl. Yeah. So the next card type that we want to talk about that's new to Dominaria are legendary sorceries. So they're essentially just sorcery spells so you can cast them on your main phases. Uh, the caveat, though, is that you may only cast... This is its rules text. You may cast a legendary sorcery only if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. 
So that's not really a hard ask when you're playing a brawl or commander format. You always have access to a legendary creature essentially in your hand playable. So these sorceries have higher upsides because they require you to have that um, check, right? So they have really good effects, or yeah, they have really good, I don't know what to call it. They have really good effects, and you're going to be able to cast them a lot easier in a brawl deck. So one of the ones that I pulled up right here just to kind of show off the power of these is Karn's Temporal Sundering. First off, the art of this card is amazing. It's by Noah Bradley, and it features Karn in like these different timescapes of a scene. And it's just, if you don't, if you haven't seen the art for this card, look it up. It's amazing. But anyways, the text reads, target player takes an extra turn after this one. So assuming you're targeting yourself, um, mm-hmm. return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, exile Karn's Temporal Sundering. And I forgot to mention it costs four generic and two blue. Yeah. So the six mana sorcery, you can only cast it if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker, but you get to bounce a creature, your opponent's control, and take an extra turn. I think the only other extra turn card in Brawl is Timestream Navigator. Is that right? Yes, I think so. I don't think there's anything else. Um, this is obviously better because you yeah. don't have to worry about Ascend or Haste. So. so I think I personally think this is one of the best um, legendary sorcery. I think there's... Are there six? There's one for each color, and then there's one multicolored one? Yes, that's correct. Um, there's okay. one for each color, yeah, and then, then the white-black one. Um, the other one that I pulled up for this... Um, uh, I think, I, I don't know, we'll probably get to some of the other ones, actually, but the other one I pulled up is Jaya's Immolating Inferno, um, which is the red one. It's X Red Red, uh, Legendary Sorcery at Rare, and it says Jaya's Immolating Inferno deals X damage to each of up to three targets. Um, so, obviously, this is, like, when we're in a brawl deck, or when we're in a brawl game, um, and we've run into this multiple times, you might get to a point when you stall and you just have a lot of mana. And honestly, this is a great finisher because... In Brawl, it kind of can read each opponent. Exactly, because it's up to three targets, and that's anything. That's opponents, it's their planeswalkers, it's their creatures. So um, I I think it's just a really good card. And like you were saying, it essentially... These cards could essentially read, you may cast a legendary sorcery only if your brawler is on the field. So, (laughs) like... I mean, you're almost always going to be able to play this, um, and I think it's really good. And so uh, let's let's move on, though, um, just to keep things rolling here. Uh, let's talk about the Planeswalkers of this set. Um, they are, of course, potential brawlers, because that's how the brawl format works. Um, but there are five of them, and I think we're only going to talk about four of them, because we don't really care that much about the Chandra Planeswalker deck one, because it's really typical Chandra. Um but uh, do you want to go first? Because I think this first one is one that you one that you really like. So I do. I love Jaya Ballard. So Jaya Ballard is a red planeswalker. She costs two generic, three red. So it's kind of a steep cost. But if you're playing her as your brawler, um, she's not. She's going to be mono red. So it's probably easy to cast her. Her plus. So she comes in with five starting loyalty counters, and her plus one is add three red. Spend this mana only to cast instants and sorcery spells. So it's kind of ramp for a red spell slinger deck um she also has another plus one so she her only minus is her ultimate her other plus one is discard up to three cards then draw that many cards this kind of reminds me of Doretti's ability where you're well, yeah. um <laughs> rummaging yes to like essentially late game it becomes if you draw a land get something else 
And then in the early game, when you first cast Ritz, um, maybe these cards I have aren't answering what's on the board. Maybe I can draw into something better. So it's pretty good. It's not card advantage, but it's card filtering in red, which is nice. Um, And then her minus eight is really good. It reads, you get an emblem with, you may cast instant and sorcery cards from your graveyard. If a card this cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So it essentially gives your instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard flashback for their mana cost, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's... I don't know if you said it, but it's minus eight. So it will take about three turns or so to get her up to that, um, just using her abilities. But, I mean, the, the nice thing, and, and this is one of the nice parts about using a Planeswalker as a brawler, um you really don't have any downside to getting them to their ultimate level and then just doing it especially if it's an emblem planeswalker so like i if i'm playing a giant ballard deck i'm gonna run her as fast as possible plus her as hard as i can and then once she gets to eight i'm going to just get rid of her to get that emblem because i can always replay her so like and the nice thing was the emblem ones um especially like an emblem one like this one i don't need multiple emblems for jaya I just need that one. So after I play, after I get that emblem, like everything else is just gravy. The rummaging, I can throw more cards in my graveyard and potentially cast them if I need to. If I want to do it later, adding the three mana I can do that to cast the cards in my graveyard. It's just good. It's a very good. Um, I think it's really good for mono red spell swinging. Um, and I think it it yeah. could slot into maybe a two colored brawl deck. Mm-hmm. Not a, not easily because it is triple red on turn five. If you want to cast her on curve. But I think she does work well in like maybe a red blue spell slinger deck where yeah. you're going to be casting your blue sorceries that probably have some generic cost, which you can use the red she makes for and then blue, which is still sort of ramp in that case. So I think she does fit into maybe a few multicolored strategies, but at her heart, she's mono red. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I, the main thing is I think the problem, obviously, at least in my opinion, is that the problem with like these types of planeswalkers is that while it is great to have planeswalkers that are focused on spell slinging, um, you have to do most of it at sorcery speed because of the adding mana is only going to work for sorcery speed. The yep. discarding cards is great. Um, that's never bad, but, uh, and like the flashback is also pretty good. I don't know. I just, I just like the mana ability ones just cause I'm like, well, I guess I'm using that this turn. And like most of the time it's red green, um, which is, you're only going to do stuff at sorcery speed anyway, but, I feel like, you know, it's a bit of a missed opportunity to be able to burn stuff or, you know, if you want to go red-blue, be able to counter things. But it's still a really good card. Um, Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. This is the one that's in the set. It is three white-blue for a Legendary Planeswalker Teferi. It is, of course, uh, mythic. Um, And it has four starting loyalty. Uh, Its first ability is plus one. Draw a card. At the beginning of the next end step, untap two lands. The next one is minus three. Put target non-land permanent into its owner's library, third from the top. And its minus eight is its ultimate. You get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, exile target permanent and opponent controls. So, I mean, this is... All those people who built Azor are just going to change to this, right? Like, (laughs) If they don't, it's in the deck for sure. Yeah. Well, because so kind of piggybacking off what I was just saying with Jaya, that first ability is just crazy good for control players. Because it's doing, it's essentially doing what Jaya does, but for two mana, unless you have, you know, good lands. So, like, yeah. So I feel like that first ability is just crazy. And then 
the removal of the second ability, and then the emblem is just gross. Um, the emblem would take you five turns to get to, though. That's true. Um, there is, as a note, there is Skyship <laughs> Plunderer. Um, There's also Oath of Teferi. <laughs> that's also true. Yeah, so there are tricks, but like... That get you to right. it sooner. You're right, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's... Oh, this card is gross. I hate it already. It's <laughs> I but. think it's going to make a nice white blue control brawler. Like it's going to be very yeah. good. Yep. Um let's and just to piggyback back off of let, let's go straight into the other Teferi then just because Okay. Now, I want to talk fun. about Karn so you can talk about this yeah. Teferi. So yeah, so the other Teferi is the Planeswalker deck Teferi. It's Teferi Timebender. Uh, it's four generic white-blue for another legendary Planeswalker Teferi. It is mythic, of course. Um, it's got five starting loyalty, and it says plus two, untap up to one target artifact or creature. Minus three, you gain two life and draw two cards. And minus nine, take an extra turn after this one. So there is actually one other extra turn spell. Oh, you're just- right! <laughs> happens to be a brawler itself um this one is actually not terrible it just doesn't do as much as the first one i would much rather run the first one if i'm gonna run a brawler but i would definitely run this guy in the in that deck because this teferi is also not bad like you can at least get the uh cloud blazer effect for minus three so you can do that immediately um untap one thing is not great but it's plus two so you'll hit that minus nine earlier um yeah i mean oh oh and the combo though if you can get that emblem from the first one i mean if you get the emblem from the first one you're gonna win anyway but like then you could minus three this one and exile two things gross (laughs) don't build that deck please so the last planeswalker we're going to talk about today is karn scion of urza he costs four colorless, or four generic, sorry. Uh, and he's Legendary Planeswalker Karn, Mythic. He comes into play with five starting loyalty counters. So he costs four, he comes into play with five loyalty. Right off the bat, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, his plus one is reveal the top two cards of your library. An opponent chooses one of them, put that card into your hand, and exile the other with a silver counter on it. Not sliver. Some of my opponents said that in pre-release. <laughs> Um, it's minus one is put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. So, uh, it also has a minus two. I wouldn't call this its ultimate. It's its last ability. It's, it's my, it's a minus two, but it's not really like in the ultimate feel. It says create a zero, zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. So just on the surface, Karn I feel might be the best card in the set. It's a four mana card planeswalker that can go in any deck because it yep. costs yep. four generic mana. Uh, it's plus one is card draw card advantage. I've played this card cause I got it in some of my pre-release um, sealed pools and it essentially reads plus one. You get a land unless you reveal two non land cards, right? Yeah. Uh, it's minus one is essentially put the card you didn't get last turn into your hand. Yep. And then it's minus two is good for an artifact strategy. So if you're running an artifact deck, maybe like Joyra or to not to fairy, um, Tezzeret, uh, it's minus two becomes pretty good. Yeah. But on the surface, it's a colorless planeswalker that creates card advantage for you that I think yeah. slots well into any brawl deck. 
Yep. No, that's I, I would agree. Um obviously the big thing here, it's a four mana colorless spell that lets you draw cards, which is good in every Brawl deck. Um some of them honestly I think might have better card draw, but this is great for those decks that are red or white or even black that have access to almost no card draw. Um but yeah, so uh the other big thing though oh I mean Luckily, right now, there's only 19 lands that are colorless or produce any color of mana. Um, so you can't actually really run Karn as your brawler, but as a brawler... He'd make a great artifact like deck brawler. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that um, uh, that first ability, Exile's Cards with the Silver Counters, if he leaves the battlefield and comes back that second ability still gets those cards back. Yeah, that's that's so, one thing I forgot to mention. He doesn't care that he wasn't the Karn that exiled them if he right. comes back. He can get them back no yeah. matter what. So it's just really good. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not... So we're going to have to talk about it a little bit later in the show anyway, but they did, they did have an announcement. They are going to make some changes to try to accommodate people who want to make colorless Brawl decks. So we'll see. We'll see if this happens. And if it does... Whew, we'll see. I think it might. I think there might be a real powerful artifact matters deck, um, especially mm-hmm. with Kaladesh still in the block or still in standard. So I'd probably build it if I could. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's now move on to uh, the legendary creature brawlers um, that have been released. There are forty-four total um, in this set, which it opens up the format really wide. Honestly. Um, and uh, we can't talk about all of them here because honestly, some of them aren't even really good brawlers or just legendary creatures at all. I mean, none of them are terrible, but some of them just aren't really great for an actual deck of their own. Um, but and the big theme in yeah. this set were uncommon legendary creatures. Yes. Um, so, like, there are some that are great for other decks, but maybe not so great on their own. Um, but f- before we get into. Um, kind of just some more generic cards and maybe some of those uncommons. Let's talk about our four favorites. So we, we each pick two from the set that we think are uh, some of the best ones that are in the set. Um, and so let's like, you, you can go ahead and go first and tell us what, uh, what your creatures are. So I don't know colors. if these are the best per se, but they're my, they're some of my favorites sure. and they're the ones I'm looking to build decks around. So the first one I have here is Shalai, Voice of Plenty. She is a legendary creature, Angel, that costs three generic, one white. Uh, her abilities read, she has Flying. Second ability reads, you, Planeswalkers you control, and other creatures you control have Hexproof. And then she has a third ability that's an activated ability that is four generic, two green. So she's a dual um, color identity commander, Brawler. Um, that reads, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. So she's already doing quite a lot with those first two abilities. She would make a pretty good mono white, um, like good creature strategy because she's protecting your creatures and she's protecting your planeswalkers and she's protecting you. But then she has this last ability that costs green, um, that adds green to her color identity. That's putting a counter on each creature you control. Not only is she pumping herself, she's pumping the other creatures you have. So I like this in a go wide, maybe counter strategy when we have things like anointed procession. Um, what's the sapperling that makes sapperling each upkeep? 
and pumps oh, them. Force? Well, Verdant or Force and then the one from Ixalan is... Tender Shoot Dryad. Tender Shoot Dryad. So you have cards like that that are incrementally increasing your creature advantage. And then you can like dump your mana late game into pumping all these creatures you've created. So I think she has that finisher in her ability. So that's why I think she's good. And I've actually yeah. built a deck that we'll probably talk about on a later episode using her that i'm excited to play and talk about and then the second yeah, one i have well, before you sorry. get to that I, I i did you mention she's a three four? Oh um, no i did <laughs> sorry <laughs> yes i mean everything else is so good why does it matter <laughs> yeah so she's a three four flyer for four just that's good stats no matter what but then she has yeah. all this other gravy on top yeah i yep. i love her her art is also really good um, so the second card I have here is Adelise the Cinderwind. She is a legendary creature, human wizard, uncommon. She costs one generic, um, blue and a red. She has flying in haste. She's a 2-2, two, two, and she has the ability, whenever you cast an instance or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So she's a wizard tribal commander that also benefits spell slinging. So I think she's great because she wants you to play creatures and spells. So yeah, I mean, yeah, she's essentially she gives all of your she essentially has prowess, but also gives all of your other wizards another instant of prowess. She's just doing everything wizards want to do exactly in the right colors, blue and red. So I think we're we're getting pretty there on time. So I think we should move on to yours. Okay. Um. So I picked uh two here. I picked Tiana Ships Caretaker. She is three generic, one red and one white. A legendary creature, Angel Artificer. She's uncommon, and she is a 3-3 flying and first strike. Uh, and then she has a second ability here that says, whenever an aura or equipment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. Um, I already built this deck, actually. It's obviously a Voltron deck. Um, there's actually a lot of support for having multiple creatures that also like auras and equipments um but the other big thing that i really like is that she works real well with curses um there's only one white curse in standard right now but it's overwhelming splendor so it's not a bad one um but yeah so she's a really fun voltroni equipment and uh aura deck and then the other one that i picked um isn't necessarily a brawler. Uh, I don't know if I'd make it the head of a brawl deck, but I really like this card. It's Tetsuko Umizawa, Fugitive. She's one in a blue. It's a legendary creature, human rogue. It's also uncommon, and it's a 1-3, and it says creatures you control with power or toughness one or less can't be blocked. Um, this is just such a cool design. I love the Umizawa line anyway. I played during Kamigawa, so, you know... Got that? Got those roots. And the um, big thing I think people forget about this card, or at least when I played against it in pre-release, is the one toughness stipulation. Yeah. So like X ones unblockable, pretty darn good. Yeah, and unfortunately, I was just looking before we started here. Um, there's not a lot of mono blue X ones in standard. There's some two ones, um, you know, some nice stuff, but nothing too big. Um, the part where I think she really shines is she would really shine in another deck, maybe something with sapperlings or something with uh, three one elementals. You know, all sorts of crazy stuff. Where um, there are some other good cards in the set that make small creatures or make creatures that have really big tough or really big power but really small toughness and i think she shines really well in those parts um so we'll see maybe maybe have to build a freaking moldrotha deck that's sapperlings just so i can run 
Tetsuko, but we'll see. Um, so uh, let's move on to the colored, the, like the cards from each color. Um, let, let's try to capture some of the best ones. Um, so what, what do you think is one of the best white brawl changers um, so, from, from Dominaria? I think the one thing this format is wanting are removal spells. And white has a lot of good enchantment removal spells like Ixalan's Binding and um the white one is it what's the white one from the flash one from Amonkhet? uh cast out cast out so it has that kind of removal spells but those cost four mana so it kind of you have to leave a lot of mana open to be able to do those things um one of them's at instant speed the other one's at sorcery speed so white is wanting removal and i think seal away is a card that fills a nice slot in a white deck for removal so seal away reads uh, it's a white enchantment. It costs one generic, one white. It has flash, and it says when it enters the battlefield, exile target tapped creature and opponent controls until seal away, leaves the battlefield. We actually saw this used to great effect yesterday in some of our brawl games, and it's just a nice um, removal spell for white. There aren't too many creatures with vigilance in the format. Um, and in a multiplayer format, you're always going to have a good target for this. And it's easier to leave two white mana or two mana open than four mana. So I think it's just a good removal spell for the white, which white kind of needs. Yeah, I, I hate this card. So <laughs> because um, it's good and it hurt you. Well, it only hurt me for some reason. <laughs> anyway, um, I am going to talk about so. The other one that we have here is Baird, Steward of Argive. Um, he is two and two white for a legendary creature, human soldier at uncommon. He is a vigilant two four, and he has creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless their controller pays one for each of those creatures. Um, obviously, prison effects are rampant in Commander. White is known for being able to do things like ghostly prison. Uh, usually, you know, you see propaganda thrown there too. So it's nice to have something like that in standard. Um, and he even talks about your planeswalkers, which for brawl really matters too. So um, yeah, he's just really good. The only other thing, um, let's see. So the white legendary sorcery is Urza's Ruinous Blast. It's four colorless or four generic and a white. Um, and it says exile all non-land permanents that aren't legendary. Um I mean, it's good. Don't get it. Don't get us wrong. It's good. It's a board wipe, but everyone's running a legendary permanent as their brawler, so not as good as it could be. Um, so yeah, that's uh, looking through. Of course, there's also Lyra Dawnbringer, Quendi. Like, there's some really good legendary creatures. Evra. There's just too many Ugh. to talk about, honestly. Yeah, and, and I don't. I don't know if Lyra. She's the angel anthem, right? Yes. You could... There are a lot... Quite a few angels from, like, Amonkhet and past where, like, Angel of Invention and stuff. You could probably build a nice angel tribal deck, but... Yeah. No, definitely. Um, And you also have things like the Vanquisher's Banner from Ixalan. You can do it. Um, But, yeah. And then I I guess the only other thing I have here is on Sarah's Wings. I don't know if it's as good. Honestly, though, things with Vigilance... Sarah Angel, even, like... Creatures that have Vigilance are good in multiplayer anyway. <laughs> so, like, flying and Vigilance together, it's just too good, really. Yeah, I it's, agree. It's, yeah. So, um, let's move on to blue. What, uh, what cards from blue do we have for, uh, for some of the big ones here? So, we have a few here, and I think I'll talk about um, Sentinel of the Pearl Trident first. And I'm, I think it's good in discussion about Brawl because it's it works really well in Brawl. It's, so, it is a... Creature, Merfolk Soldier, costs four generic, one blue. 
Uh, it has flash, and it reads, When Sentinel of the Pearl Trident enters the battlefield, you may exile target historic permanent you control. If you do, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. And it's also a 3-3. So well, I think it... You forgot the most important part. It's also a merfolk. Yeah, it's also a merfolk. So I think I think this slots into non-merfolk decks well, too, because it's a blue instant combat trick that protects your brawler. Yeah, essentially, so I think what this card is doing is it's saying it's so it's until the beginning of the next end step, so you can protect yourself from board wipes. You can protect yourself, not yourself. You can protect your brawler from board wipes, from targeted removal, uh, that sort of stuff. Which I think blue might like. If yeah. you're not countering it, you're protecting it. So I think that's, yeah, that's why true. it's good. Um, it also resets your planeswalkers if yep. you're running a planeswalker brawler. It's yeah. Somebody it's attacks good. your planeswalker, you can say, okay, I'll just make like a new it. one that you're not attacking like that yep. sort of thing yep um yeah no that's true i think i think it is good i think that one might get overlooked a little bit but i think it is a really good card um specifically when you are always going to have a historic permanent that you want to protect or potentially re-trigger an e- etb effect on yep um kind of speaking of that well i guess this one doesn't actually help you with that uh the card that i want to talk about is in bolus's clutches which is four and two blue for legendary enchantment aura uh it's uncommon and it's enchant permanent you control enchanted permanent and enchanted permanent is legendary um obviously control magic is always something you want um if you're in blue and being able to steal someone's brawler is very good especially since it can be their planeswalker it can be their creature it could also be an artifact or an enchantment it could be their saga it could be all sorts of stuff so um this card is just really good um and in a sense it's i wouldn't say it's good removal in a way it is kind of in a way but it's also just you know good to have it's good to own land so um it's good to own your opponent's stuff uh especially um is there anything else that you were thinking from blue would be good for brawl? Uh, there's probably a few things, but not off the top of my head. The The only other one I wanted to bring up is Deep Freeze, which oh, is yeah, yeah, two yeah. and a blue for an enchantment aura. It's common. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature has base power and toughness, or has base power and toughness zero four, has defender, loses all other abilities, and is a blue wall in addition to its other ty- colors and types. So the main reason I put this one in there is because this is pretty much the dark steel mutation of brawl for the moment um uh it's a it's really hard for some decks to deal with enchantments um if they can at all and this will get rid of someone's commander pretty much entirely so um i feel like this is definitely worth running if you're in blue and it is really stupid if you're not in green or white and you can't get rid of that enchantment so um, but that's, that's all the ones I had for blue. Let's move on to black. Okay. So this is another little, maybe a niche, um, card, but it's also just good removal. It's Cellulose score, two generic, two black for a sorcery speed uncommon that reads exile target creature, put two loyalty counters on a planeswalker you control. So first off exile creature is not a common, um, there's not many of those effects in standard on a black spell. So that's pretty no. good. And then I think it slots really, really well as removal into a brawl deck that has a planes, a black planeswalker as your brawler. 
So you have this removal that's also benefiting your brawler. So, like, the ones I can think of off the top of my head are the Vraska and Angrath from Ixalan. Are there any other black planeswalkers? Um, Tezzeret. I was just looking at yep. this earlier today, actually. Um, there's the two Tezzerets. And then Nicol Bolas. Oh, will also benefit yeah, he's from this, probably so. running that. Yeah, so this is definitely... And uh, the only downside, I'd say, with this one is it's a sorcery instead of an instant. But, like, it's still really good anyway. So, um, yeah, that's... Yeah, the, the the next one here is one we've mentioned before. It's a saga. It's Phyrexian Scriptures, two black black, uh, mythic, and it has chapter one, put a plus one plus one counter on up on up to one target creature. That creature becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. Chapter two, destroy all non-artifact creatures. Chapter three, exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. So here's that one effect we have where we can exile our opponents' graveyards. If you can time this with Fall of the Thran correctly, well, then you're a bad person. And uh, <laughs> you should. The other bad. thing, yeah, the other thing is this is I think this is our only black board wipe. So um, you're, if you're in black, this card is going to be really good. There might be a couple fringe cases where you're running against a Karn deck that's an artifact deck, um, but even then you're not going to be going against three other Karn decks. So it's definitely going to wipe at least one person's board, if not two, um, if not three. So I think it's a really good card. And I think uh, the the issue, obviously, is that the second chapter is the one you really want. Um, and you're going to have to wait a turn to get there. And with three opponents, they might have a way to respond. But I think it's still really good. So. And I mean, just aside, you pulled a foil for Exian Scriptures yeah. in your booster box and it's gorgeous so <laughs> yes that's the that's the other reason i really like it it's a beautiful card um let's and see, i kind of there... did want to talk about this third one okay uh sure. it's thalid thalid soothsayer sorry that's kind of hard to say it's a creature fungus that costs three generic one black it's a two three and it has the activated ability pay two generic and sacrifice a creature draw a card i think this is another good black uh card draw card yeah and it it works amazing in decks that are maybe using the graveyard as a resource like muldrotha so i think this is a card that's probably going to see some play in deck black decks that are running a lot of creatures and black decks that are um doing graveyard shenanigans Yep, I agree. Um, so just giving it a quick look, of course, we have Yagmoth's Vile Offering is the legendary sorcery for four and a black. Um, and it's one where you put up to one target creature or planeswalker from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, and then you destroy up to one target creature or planeswalker, and then you exile Yagmoth's Vile Offering. Obviously, it's legendary, so you have to have a legendary creature or planeswalker to cast it, but it is very good removal and recursion. So um, there is that. Uh, there are also a couple other ones, you know, Whisper, uh, Torgar, you know, a couple other sagas here. Lich's Mastery, if someone can break that. <laughs> I'd be impressed. Yeah, um, there's a lot of really interesting and really, I would say, fun um, black cards, but I don't think any of them are technically going to be, like, staples. I think a lot of them are good for build-arounds or for, you know, if you're already in, like, a black... Uh, brawler deck then you might as well just kind of slot some of these really good value cards in let's move on to red because we're pushing time uh let's talk about this first card here fight with fire it is two in a red for a sorcery at uncommon that has kicker five in a red and it says fight with fire deals five damage to target creature if the spell was kicked it deals 10 divide 10 damage divided as you choose among any number of targets instead which it 
in parentheses lets us know those targets can include players and planeswalkers um i love this card (laughs) yeah as we're talking about with uh jaya's immolating inferno before you're gonna get a point when you can play a uh what is that nine mana 10 damage card and it's gonna be good like so yeah it's a very good card um and then yeah. the next one we have here is a common creature, Keldon Overseer. It's offen- it's essentially threatened on a stick. It costs two generic, one red, and then it has kicker, three generic, one red. Haste, when it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. I am personally of the mind, I think, threaten effects are nice finishers in some cases when somebody has maybe a... Um, Voltron commander or something along those lines that they've put a lot into and maybe it's their only creature and you can get them out of the game I just like threaten effects and I think the fact that this one's attached to a creature that also can be attacking I think it's a good finisher in some cases I like it yeah um the main thing I'd say is I think in commander threatened effects are a lot worse but I think in brawl since there aren't like a bajillion ways to give your brawler hexproof or shroud um and there aren't a lot of like sacrifice outlets right yeah i think threatened effects are much better actually i think there are a few sacrifice outlets but um but not uh, like sacrifice a creature do something it's like pay mana sacrifice a creature that's yeah that's true but yeah so i think i think threatened effects are very good in brawl i think i've lost this card already multiple times not in brawl but i think i could see it happening and i'm not happy about it already um but then the last card here that i pulled out was a siege gang commander it's a reprint it's three generic two red for a goblin creature that is rare it's a two two it says when it enters the battlefield you get three one one red goblin creature tokens and you can pay one in a red to sacrifice a goblin and it will deal two damage to any target um this card is just good this card is just really really good there's not a strong goblins format i don't think or it's goblins deck right now squeeze is going to be your only real choice which coincidentally with this card is gross because it's five mana for infinite shocks essentially um which we were talking about you could get to a lot of mana you'll probably do a lot of damage um but i I think this card is just really good anyway it's a five mana five power with upside like it's just really isn't it a reprint it is a reprint yeah so um it's nice to have it in standard i guess um <laughs> so do you want to move on or are there any others uh those are the only three that i had uh yeah, red, red is a little yeah red has jaya and the legendary sorcery but i don't know there wasn't too much oh wait one more red card is i don't have it up can you pull up the legendary dragon i think that's good enough to talk about oh yeah so uh there's varix bladewing which is a two two generic and two red for a legendary creature dragon it's at mythic it is kicker three generic flying four four when it enters the battlefield if it was kicked create karox blade wing a legendary four four red dragon creature token with flying that's four that's eight power in the air for what is that oh seven mana that's gross that's not that's not fair at all (laughs) but yeah i think um I, i don't know if there's a good dragon tribal archetype necessarily but like you, you can just run a gross flyers deck or even just a gross red deck that's just Varix pushing towards a swanky eight power in the air. Um, I think it's also just yeah. a good red card in a red deck because it's, oh, yeah. it's a well-costed flyer. <laughs> yep, it's like, pretty much. 
I think it's right up there with Glorybringer and being yep. good. Yeah, I think Glorybringer is better technically, but this is still I th- like so. This, this is def- good yeah. the turn you play it, and it's also good late game. Yeah, that's true. And also, I think this will end up replacing Glorybringer when rotation happens. To be yeah, because I mean, you're playing it on turn four, so you're yeah. dealing four damage on turn five, like Glorybringer would do. Yeah, but but you don't have Glory, the Glorybringer effect. also also ping something else. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Um, they they the both other- have their advantages. Yeah, there are a couple sagas here that are interesting. There's Valduk, which is great for Voltron type of things. But um, besides that, Red doesn't really have a lot from this set, which is fine. Um, Haphazard Bombardment, if you really hate yourself or other people. But yeah, so um, let's move on to Green. Uh, let's talk about this first card here. Do you want to talk about it? Because it's real gross, and it's going to... Sure. Yeah. So it's... Sylvan Awakening, two generic, one green for a sorcery that reads, until your next turn, all lands you control become two, two elemental creatures with reach, indestructible, and haste. They're still lands. So, one thing we've noticed about Brawl that we might talk about on a later episode is that it is a format that can stall out pretty easily in the late game, and I think this is just a great finisher for that green ramp deck that's just putting out a bunch of lands and then you get a nice board stall state you're making all your lands creatures and i think the important thing on this card that makes it really good is they have indestructible so even if they get chump blocked or like blocked to your opponent's advantage they're not dying you're not losing mana and you're still potentially yeah. closing out a game with this finisher and i think it's really good yeah i think it's silly that they have reach i, I guess it, yeah it's a very offensive spell and it's giving right. your creatures a defensive ability so it, i don't know well, where that would be I mean, I could see this as kind of like a Teferi's Protection-esque, like, Hail Mary. <laughs> um, if, like, someone is about to win the game, especially through combat damage, maybe in the air or something. It's not great, but it is another advantage of the card, is you can also turn all of your lands into chump blockers that won't die um, and could potentially pick off a few of those flyers. Oh my so. gosh! It's until your next turn! <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't see that? <laughs> no, I did. I just put that together, so I understand now. It is pretty good. Yeah. Um, the other card that we have here is Verdant Force, which, again, is a reprint. It's the five generic and three green for a creature elemental at rare. It's a 7-7, seven, seven, and it says, at the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one green sapling creature token. I don't think this really needs that much explanation, but more upkeeps means more creatures for you. So, yeah, <laughs> multiplayer loves this card. Um, and also, it's great. Like, it's just a very good card. Um, past that, we have a couple other cards that um, we have a couple mana dorks, of course, Elfheim Druid, Llanowar Elves. Um, we have some more removal cards, Ancient Animus, especially good in Brawl, because you're going to have a legendary creature most of the time, unless you have a Planeswalker. Um, so it's usually upside. Uh, Multani is broken. Uh, Territorial Allosaurus is another good removal spell. And then Grow from the Ashes is probably the best ramp spell that we have in Standard. Maybe, well, I mean, it's not quite rampant growth, but... The fact that you can play a five mana spell that gets you two untapped lands is just gross, you know. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's the it, just to clarify, growth in the ashes, two and a green sorcery at common kicker, two generic. Search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle your library if the spell was kicked. Instead, search your library for two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. You'll, again, remember, not tapped. So this card is just really good, especially in Brawl, where you will probably have the ability to play it for five mana more than more often than not. Um, so I think, yeah. moving on, most of the multicolored ones we've pointed out are 
potential brawler. So I think we should just go to colorless, maybe. Well, let's so let's just list these off. Let's not actually say what any of them do. Honestly, you should know what these do at this point because yeah. everyone look at who... a spoiler set. Look at all the multicolored creature potential brawlers and have a jolly good time. Yeah. So the ones, the five we picked out that we haven't talked about yet: Moldrotha, Joyra, Joda, Slimefoot, and Tachova. Um, they're just gross. Like, um, honestly, uh, um, pretty much all the multicolor cards in the set are gross. But like. Those first three are just... Everyone else has already talked about them a lot. We'll probably end up getting them at some point, but, you know... We're I really want to yeah. build Joda, but I don't know if I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I do want to say about Joda, we did talk about this last night. We were playing a game of Brawl. We did realize Joda being the only five-color brawler in, the, in Standard right now does mean that he is also effectively... Any color combination you want. Do you want to run Esper? We don't have a brawler for that, except we do. It's Joda. Do you want to run Mardu? We don't have a brawler for that, except we do. It's Joda. You know? So, like... I didn't think of that. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, you are down a creature, technically, if you're not running blue, red, and white. But it does allow you to play anything you want um and additionally if you've seen the game rights video it also allows you to play anything you want which is (laughs) for five mana (laughs) for five mana but yeah so um like like chris was saying we'll probably come back to those another episode um they deserve a whole thing about their own right now though let's talk about some of the colorless cards um the first one the easiest one i would talk about we did get the check lands for enemy color um so that's the woodland cemetery sulfur falls etc etc very good if you have the opportunity, put them in your brawl decks. They're just good lands. So yeah, there aren't enough dual colored lands that, like, if you yeah. have access to one in a multicolored deck, put it in it if you have it. Yep. Um, let's move on to some of these other cards here. What What do you think are? I, I picked my. A cards here. Yeah. I want to say my favorite. My favorite colorless card is an equipment Helm of the Host, four mana, legendary artifact equipment at the beginning of your turn oh sorry it has equipped five and then it says at the beginning of combat on your turn create a token that's a copy of equipped creature except the token isn't legendary if equipped creature is legendary that token gains haste that's where it ends it doesn't say exile the token at the end of your turn it doesn't say um equipped to a non-token creature so you can equip it to the creatures it makes if somehow your original um equipped creature dies this card is just bonkers like yeah. All of the downsides you imagine it would have, it doesn't. So it does does have the downside of costing nine to get it onto the battlefield and onto a creature. Yeah. But it after that happens, which you're probably gonna have, you're casting it for four, maybe you're gonna become an instant target. But then you're probably gonna make it to your next turn and start getting the value, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. That's it's it's a broken card, and especially with brawl being like commander and that you're going to go to long games you're going to have a lot of mana at some point you can just dump this on a turn immediately get a copy of your brawler or of another good creature and then even if someone removes it you already have two it's just really good it's a very good card um yeah the other one i wanted to bring up is another legendary artifact equipment it's black blade reforged it's a two mana equipment. It's rare. It has equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each land you control. And it's equipped seven, except it also has equipped legendary creature three. So this is five mana to equip a 
bonkers in equipment to one of to your brawler essentially if you have a legendary creature that you're leading the deck with this will slot onto your creature and it'll make it huge and it's just a good card like i think specifically for brawl and commander this card is just really good um <laughs> it's colorless goes in everything um yeah you're always gonna have lands so and i guess a notable reprint is gilded lotus i never thought i'd see this card reprinted so i thought it was very cool it's five yeah. mana artifact that taps to add three mana of any one color so it's pretty good ramp i think yeah i think I, I think honestly in general that card might get overplayed in commander um i think in brawl we don't have a lot of good colorless ramp um so i think this is going to be really great it sits and right next to caravan it's not the yeah. early turn ramp in no. that sense it's the late game ramp where you can dump three extra mana into those x spells like jaya's immolating inferno and torment of hellfire and that kind of stuff or you know help pay for the equip cost on your helm of the host yeah very <laughs> good yeah um but yeah and then uh the only one other one that i would mention that i brought up here is mox amber um i'm curious to see how well this does in the format i don't think it's as good as it's being hyped up to be it doesn't help you cast your brawler which is the big offense in my mind but um yeah it's just i don't know it seems like a miss to me but i feel like a lot of people are going to play it and maybe someone will prove me wrong and it'll be really good we'll see um but it's it's the zero mana mox amber legendary artifact mythic tap add one mana of any color among legendary creatures and planeswalkers you control so you have to have a legendary creature or planeswalker which you do as a in in brawl you'll have your brawler but you have to play it first yeah for this you're not playing this turn one and having two mana available is the thing no there aren't any one mana legendary creatures it probably it's probably good in commander cheap commander decks that have cheap commanders like kytheon or something but i don't think well, it's that good in yeah. brawl yeah honestly i don't even know if that's good in commander but like we'll see we'll find out um that's all of the ones that i pulled out though um so i think that's just about everything for this uh uh for what did we call this again brawl changers for everything for the brawl changers for dominaria um of course we didn't talk about everything so if there are any cards you think we missed that were worth mentioning or um you know ones we didn't really spend as much time on of course if you're going to tell us mildrotha is great feel free we We already already know know. (laughs) yeah um but yeah feel free to tweet us at all out brawl mtg um and you can tell us why you think uh we should have mentioned your card um like we said mildrotha we already know you can tell us. And I mean, everybody's going to say Yargle, but yes, Yargle is amazing. <laughs> so you don't need to tell us that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's just about everything here. Um, like we mentioned earlier, uh, we're not going to get into, a mu- into it too much right now, but we do have word from Mark Rosewater that there will be updates in this month of May for the Brawl format in terms of rules. Hopefully, um, like that's about all we got to be quite honest. So we can hope that it's something like ban lists or figuring out color, colorless brawlers. Um, but you know, some of those things, uh, is there anything you're hoping for, for, for that forecast there? I don't think so. I'm pretty happy right now. I'm just, I'm not going to be playing too much one V one. So those things we talked about earlier, aren't going to affect me that much, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I, I just really want, uh, uh whatchamacallit rampaging ferocidons to be legal so yeah i <laughs> i think i don't do you think sahili cat combo would 
warp the format too much probably you can only play it in, in jota right so yeah. yeah i don't know um i don't think so i think it'd be fine mostly because i is think trying the, to do that like i think the cat is a great commander card because it yeah has that flicker ability that we don't have much of in brawl right no i think that's true too i think like you're saying the sentinel of the pearl trident in blue is great um it'd be nice if we had that ability in white as well but we'll see what happens um hopefully fingers crossed new ban lists colorless commander fixes maybe something new exciting stuff who knows we'll never we'll find out later though we'll be back sooner anyway um and we can talk about some of those stuff in the future yeah Um, like we mentioned earlier in the episode we're going to be starting releasing one episode a week so we can keep more up to date on brawl happenings and also keep you guys up to date on what we're doing what we're playing in brawl just our general thoughts so we're excited yeah yeah and um i don't think we have much time left so for this week, we're full, we're, we'll, we can forego talking about some of the game experiences we've had. Um, we did tweet uh, recently a picture of a of a board state that we had at a brawl game that we had already been at the game store for like six hours. So it was an exciting game, but it did stall pretty hard. Um, but it was super fun. Uh, so maybe we can talk about that in a later episode. But... Until then, um, we already gave out our Twitter handles. So that's just as a reminder at All Out MTG or All Out Brawl MTG, and then uh, our Facebook page. If you go to Facebook.com/slash All Out Brawl MTG, email All Out All Out Brawl MTG at gmail.com, um, and I think that's just about everything. And a big thank you to those who have listened. I just want to say that. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you. Um, and if you like what we do, let us know. If you don't like what we do. You can let us know. Just try to be nice about it. We're and tell us too. why. Don't just tell yeah. us we're bad. Tell us why we're bad so we can fix it. Yeah, and then um, let us know what you want to hear. We, you know, obviously we want to make content that people want to listen to. So um, if you have any suggestions for things you want to hear, let us know. Um, but until next time, uh, I've been Sam, and I have been Chris, and this has been All Out Brawl. Pow, pow, pow. I don't know. <laughs>